0: Views and opinions expressed on this program are those solely of its speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of WMUA, its Management Board, or the Board of Trustees of the University of Massachusetts.
1: For WMUA News, I'm Bonnie Chen. I just parked my car and I'm walking over to the polling site at Bang's Community Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. It is Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020, Election Day. I'm gonna go talk to some voters on Election Day to see what their thoughts are on the candidates or the election so far and just get their take on what's happening today.
2: You're listening to WMUA News. I'm Rebecca Pereira. The 2020 presidential election drew to a close last night, and three of our reporters, Bonnie Chen, Andrew Bettencourt, and Kate Horgan, reported from polling locations in Amherst and Hadley as voters cast their ballots. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, November 3rd, after 8 p.m., when polls closed around the Bay State with record turnouts. More than 2.3 million Massachusetts residents had already cast their ballots before Election Day arrived. And the stronghold Democratic state is all but guaranteed to once again vote blue. Here's what some Election Day voters had to say at the polls.
1: Um, can you just, like, say your name, age, if you're a student,
3: I'm in. Yeah, so I'm Jasleen. It's Frankie Austin. I'm Elizabeth Cantor. Okay,
4: my name's James Dolan.
3: And I am 57.
4: I'm 23, and I am a student.
3: I'm from Amherst.
5: And I live right here in Amherst.
3: Hi, I'm Caroline
4: Schelling. I'm 20 years old, and I'm from Plymouth, Massachusetts.
6: So, my name is Natalia Lachas. I'm 20, um, and I'm a student at UMass Amherst. I am a student at UMass. I'm 20 years old.
7: Uh, I'm a student from Western Massachusetts. So my name is Jose Jarena, and I am a student. I actually go to Wheaton College. I just drove in two hours away to come and vote. Um, And I'm 18 years old, so it's my first time voting. Yeah, it's a big election, so you know you have to. Um,
5: Uh, My full name is Pedro Ayala Jr. My age is 64. I look good, but I'm 64. 64.
1: Um, can I ask uh, who you voted for, if you would like to share?
5: Did I have to say who I voted for?
1: If you want to, if you want to
6: share.
7: No, I w- I'd rather keep it to myself.
6: Okay, sure, that's okay.
7: I voted for Biden and Harris. Joe Biden. So I haven't voted yet, just pulled up to the wrong precinct. I'm going to my, high, my old high school, um, I'm voting for Biden-Harris. Uh, um, and I'm really hopeful that they win, you know, we want to see a better United States, hopefully.
3: Yeah,
4: I voted for Biden and Harris. I voted for Biden-Harris. What are your greatest policy priorities? Um, I am really interested in environmental policy changes, um, uh, making sure that uh, legislation uh, really promotes um, environmental preservation and conservation. Um, So that's really important to me, Um, as well as the Black Lives Matter movement, that's extremely important. I think that, in this country, country we really don't have, um, we really don't have equal rights. Um, people don't have uh, liberty and equality like is supposed to be. Um, you know, the whole American val- American values are supposed to be that everyone is equal and everyone has opportunities. But we really don't have that in this country. And so I think it's really important that we vote people in office and um, make change that you know that actually promotes those values and allows those values to be the truth in this country.
3: Oh, there's so many to choose from. But I think right now I'm probably really worried about those kids who are not reunited with their parents down on the southern border.
6: Mm -hmm. Um, So I would definitely say the whole climate change thing and definitely like um, the Black Lives Matter and immigration. And... um,
4: Climate change definitely—it's um, part of my major, so I study that. Um, racism, um, unemployment, just a whole bunch of other things. Yeah.
5: Oh, I'm looking forward to the next president, if it's not Trump, whoever it will be, to make you the good decision for the citizens, and we continue living a good life in America. Thank you. Healthcare. Um. Social security, mm-hmm. humanity, rights, human rights. Mm-hmm. Let's not go into civil war. Mm-hmm. Let's not have that happen.
7: Uh, Honestly, climate change and wealth disparity, I would say, are the biggest problems right now.
6: Um, Human rights, um, women's rights, um, the environment, and I guess just leveling the playing ground for everybody. What is your biggest policy priority?
7: You know, um, voting for someone who is pro-me. I'm Puerto Rican, you know, this president that we have right now hasn't been doing anything for my people, for my friends. For my family, for my sister, for my mom. You know, I want to vote for someone who's going to be the president for the people rather than for the white men. You know, uh, there's so many issues in the world right now. And I think that, like, having a different commander-in-chief is going to change a lot of that.
1: And do you think Biden will be the best candidate for that?
7: It's not my favorite choice. Uh, I think that's what a lot of people have to say. But honestly, at this point, anyone that's not... Trump or Pence. is just like what we need in the White House right now. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. What are your thoughts on the presidential candidates themselves?
6: Um, so with Biden, he wasn't my first choice. But um, I think that he makes a way better candidate than Donald Trump. And personally, I don't agree with a, almost anything that Donald Trump stands for. So,
3: um, Well, I'd love to see Kamala Harris, uh, just a woman of color, go into such a powerful position. And I am extraordinarily against Donald Trump on all levels.
4: <laughs> um, honestly speaking, both of them, uh, you know, like personally speaking, like uh, neither of them are like, you know, like exactly like 100 percent for me but I would most likely probably vote for Biden uh, because he was talking about like student loans, forgiveness and stuff like that. So I'm like, that sounds nice.
7: Neither I think really satisfy anybody on either side. I think it's more people just kind of voting against Trump, not so much for Biden, which is good for, I guess, getting rid of somebody like Trump, but not good at all for any kind of like future of voting.
6: I don't like either, but if I were to choose Based on what we need right now as a country, that's why, like, that's how I'm voting. Um, When, like, in regards to Trump, I mean, like, he's obviously horrendous. I think that Biden, I wouldn't say, is a great candidate either, but I think he right now, like, is what we need as a country to, I like, I guess, I don't know, bring everyone together because it feels like everyone's pretty split up right now. Um, And in one word how would you describe this year's election?
7: Uh, Sad. Sad. Messy.
6: I would describe it as uh, horrendous, this whole election, I guess you could say. I'm not too sure. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, this was my first year voting in general, so I guess I would say it was new to
3: me. That makes sense.
7: Uh, it's absolutely terrifying. uh, I'm terrified for what's going to come this week. Um, I've heard a lot of things on the news about the safety of people of color. Um, For LGBTQ, for women, everything is just, you know, it's terrifying. You know, we're all, I think, in the same boat. The unsureness as well is just, like, absolutely terrifying.
3: In one word, um, uh, enduring. It's an endure. It's like an endurance contest. I know in Europe they have much shorter. It's like three months or six months that politicians are allowed to, um, you know, go to rallies and get out the vote, and that's it. And we've been doing ours for two years, and it's just too long. Uh, scary, nerve-wracking.
4: Uh, that's three words. But um, yeah, it just makes me really nervous to think that um, we could have four more years of, um, you know, the promotion of hate from. Um, from, our, from the leader of our country, or who is supposed
5: to be the leader of our country.
1: Do you mind just introducing yourself, like your full name, your age, where you're from?
5: Okay, Desiree Soto. I'm 62, and I live right here in Amherst. You um, don't
1: have to share if you don't want to. Uh-huh. No, it's okay. <laughs> this it's is okay. my daughter. Hi. <laughs> um, if you don't mind sharing, can I ask who you voted
5: for? Biden, 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 Biden. Because that man that's in the White House now, sad to say, he's not my president. You know, he really isn't. Um, It's sad. It's. um, I don't know how another uh, four years will go ahead and help. not the middle class or the lower class you know i see a lot of racism i see a lot of classism with him um i see spiritually not nice neither you know not no no that's okay i used to work for him too no that's okay years 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 ago too and he was a nice Having him as a boss, neither. He wasn't nice, neither. Um, What did you do for him? when? hotel. One of the hotels? In Park Avenue? Yeah. In New York? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I'm originally from New York. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, If you could describe the election in one word, what would it be?
5: Wow. It is so... Wow. It's just so great. I mean... To have this many people come out to vote, you know, and and why they're voting, you know, is uh, says a whole lot, says a whole, whole, whole lot that we really just can't have him another four years. We really can't, you know, and I just pray that we don't.
1: Can you speak more about when you worked under Trump? Like, how often you guys crossed
5: paths? Oh, I would say once in a blue moon. He was uh, not nice. He was... Um, he wasn't nice to his employees at all. Very shrewd. Yeah, business-orientated, which was that's somewhat good but he looked down at us instead of looking at us eye to eye you know there was always a down look like you are not you are not worthy you are not you know you work for me you know so uh,
1: do you think the spike in voting registration is enough
5: I hope so. I re- I I mean, I really hope so. I mean, to see that many people, I have heard this is her first time. You know, I mean, I, I I really, really, really like hope so. Yeah.
1: Um. Do you want to share anything else about your thoughts on the election or the candidates themselves?
4: We're just gonna see who wins. That's just that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Thank you so much. No problem. Have a good one. Okay. So should we do a little round of introductions? Happy election day, everybody.
0: Happy election day.
1: Um Happy election. <laughs> I'll start off. I'm Bonnie Chen. I'm the news editor at WMUA News.
0: I'm Andrew Betancourt. I'm the news operator.
2: I'm Kate Horgan, a reporter for WMUA News. I'm Rebecca Pereira. I'm also a reporter for WMUA News.
1: Awesome.
2: So, what did... It... Okay, well Kate,
1: you went in for early voting. Yes. How did that go? You went last Friday
8: yes the the snowy weather definitely deterred a lot of people at least from speaking with me but there was still a relatively good turnout um it it went pretty well um i don't know that there were many many highlights i i was in northampton um at their senior center uh, for the last day of early voting and the more notable people that i seemed to talk to were younger people it felt like um there it was a senior center so there was a couple of people uh older people that i tried to talk to not many very interested in discussing things but um of the people that i found who were offering a lot of cool insights were definitely the younger generation
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i saw that too a lot um i went today and I went earlier on around 1 p.m. and I stayed there for about two hours and there wasn't that much traffic I would say so then I decided to just I got a few people and then I decided to come back later around a little after five thinking that people will come out come out of work and go um, voting after they're done with the work day but there was honestly nobody there.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I found when I went out. Um, regrettably, Election Day is not a holiday, and I had class uh, for most of the day, so I went out around five, expecting at least a couple of lines and some people outside of um, polling places. But I didn't really find anyone, and the people that did exit the polls that I, that I asked to, uh, to interview briefly weren't really interested in talking, maybe because it was the end of the day, maybe because it was cold out. Um, But yeah, not too many people were, were willing to talk about their vote.
8: I would say same. That was probably the verdict I got too. I was surprised, honestly. I thought I would see more lines of people. And if anything, I think that's telling of a really efficient system. And hopefully that is indicative that people were early voting or sending an absentee ballots and getting ahead of it. Um, but for us, the no lines meant for not as many, those was interviews. Definitely. Um, I, I know that, um,
2: even before election day arrived, more than 2.3 million people had already cast their ballots. Um, mm. so I, I think partially to your answer about, um, the efficiency of our voting system, that's partially a part of it. Um, but also uh, a lot of people have been very cautious um, of going out in public and into public spaces where people tend to congregate like at the polls um, and trying to avoid those um, really availing themselves of these new avenues to vote early and to vote by mail um, and trying to avoid those public spaces but what I wanted to know is uh, you know I cast my ballot I think two or three weekends ago, so I didn't make it out to the polls this weekend. But for those of you who did, um, a- and spoke to people who were willing to-, to comment on their votes, was there any demonstrable interest in any of the ballot questions? Um, did you guys speak to anyone who was interested in talking about their vote, um, and anyone who understood the ballot questions, um, and would comment on Either ranked choice voting or ballot question number one.
1: There wasn't really anyone specifically um, that I came across who were strong advocates for any of the questions, but a lot of I did come across a lot of really young uh, students. Like even this one kid, he came, he drove from Wheaton for like two hours and just to come vote, and it was his first time. I came across a lot of like first-time voters. And they were really excited and like really kind of understood in their, in a sense, the gra- the gravity of it all and how important it is to vote in their, in their minds.
2: Um, do you guys feel like you came across a lot of younger voters who might have wanted to vote for, say, Bernie or another, or another um, candidate who was present in the primary but didn't quite make it? to um to the to the Democratic nomination, do you feel like people are still clinging on to some kind of hope for um, a different kind of candidate?
0: Yeah, the uh, the one person that I was able to talk to at the polls was a man probably in his 40s or 50s uh, and he walked out and emphatically said that he had voted for all Democrats uh, across the ballot. Um, and the word that he used to describe this election was divisive. And I think that is definitely the case. Uh, even if us living in such a, a relatively liberal area um, just saw a lot of Joe Biden voters, I know that, the, that this election is definitely a very partisan one. Uh, and the results that we're going to start seeing coming in tonight will probably reflect that across the country.
1: Mm-hmm. I think also going back to what you said about like the early voting well like I, I talked to andy about this how like both of us weren't really at least towards the at, tail end of the night we were a lot of people were very curt with us in terms of not wanting to comment and probably because by then it kind of dropped to the 30s and it was really cold and it was very much understandable that they didn't want to talk and stand um, stand outside with us and chat. I also came across a lot of um, volunteers who to count ballots. And there's one man that I came across at the end. He didn't want to be recorded, but he was saying how during the day they, they counted about 8,000 ballots. And I think that, goes to sh- that definitely goes to show Maybe why we didn't come across that many people um, at the polls. They put po- a lot of it probably due to the pandemic and not wanting to be um, around uh, in the public. Um, they probably early- voted earlier on. So honestly, maybe it's a good thing that we didn't come across that many people.
0: Yeah, and that kind of speaks to how this. It it could also speak to how this issue has been politicized in a way, because Amherst is a pretty blue area. Um, And that means that the people around here are taking COVID more seriously than they might in a state like, uh, say, Indiana. Mm -hmm. Um, That could be, yeah, I I think your analysis is right. That's probably a a reason why we didn't encounter more people today. Um, But I think that's a good thing
1: yeah i think we definitely should disclose the fact that we did very much try like if anything we spoke to every person that we were able to come across um whether or not our demographic was political demographic was uh broad enough it was we're very just very limited to our access right now
2: In the 2016 election between then-Republican candidate Donald Trump and Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton, Hampton County saw the highest percentage of votes cast for the conservative party, with the town of Tolland as the only community in the Bay State to break a 60% majority in votes cast for the conservative candidate. Hillary Clinton came out ahead by the largest margin in Cambridge, Provincetown, Brookline, Somerville, and in Amherst. All cities and towns where more than 80% of votes were cast for the liberal candidate. We're also paying close attention to Republican attorney Kevin O'Connor's bid to unseat longtime Senator Ed Markey, who thwarted a primary challenge from former District 4 representative Joe Kennedy in early September. The Associated Press called the race for the incumbent Markey shortly after polls closed, although official tallies aren't yet available. Former Representative Kennedy's loss had emptied another congressional seat, but it's likely he'll be tapped for a role in a potential Biden administration. Former Newton City Councilor, Democrat Jake Oshinkloss, and former Attleboro City Councilor, Republican Julie Hall, are vying for Kennedy's seat in the U.S. House to represent Massachusetts' 4th congressional district. Oshinkloss beat out six other primary candidates in a seven way Democratic primary early September and is the candidate most likely to carry MA4. Two ballot questions also face Massachusetts voters this election year. The first, a referendum on what's commonly known as the right to repair, would give independent repair shops access to vehicles electronic and mechanical data, data only available to car manufacturers and dealerships. Ranked choice voting, which allows voters to rank candidates, who then go off to runoff elections if none are able to break a 50% majority, is ballot question number two. An August WBUR poll found that Massachusetts voters were split on ranked choice voting, with 36% of respondents saying that if the election took place on the day that they were polled, they would vote in favor of passing ballot question two, and another 36% saying they would oppose it. At 9.15 yesterday night, the Right to Repair, Yes on One campaign, declared victory in an email blast to reporters. Early results show the campaign leading with 75% of the vote. Yesterday, Boston's Mayor Marty Walsh commented to reporters that, quote, We need to take a deep breath right now. We need a little peace in this country. For WMUA, I'm Rebecca Pereira.